0: Recent 2024 NFL mock drafts are sending the Jets one message, be prepared. I'll explain what that means today on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Friday, February 23rd, 2024, and I'm your host, John B. from com. Thanking you so much for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts, so you'll get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you enjoy the show and are watching on YouTube, please give this episode a big thumbs up. If you're listening on the podcast source, please give the show a five-star review. It helps us out and helps other Jets fans find the podcast. Today, we're going to look at some recent NFL mock drafts. And to examine who some of the experts are projecting will go to the New York Jets. Now, every so often, I like to look at the mock drafts. And it's not that these are necessarily things that have a a great amount of predictive value. You know, I don't know that you're necessarily going to be able to predict who the Jets will be able to draft, but from a mock draft in February, in part because the combine's coming up, you know, not not that long ago. Next week, we'll have the NFL scouting combine. That could change projections. We We still have Pro days, we still have player visits uh, with teams. So there's a long way to go, but there are two areas where I think mock drafts can really be beneficial. First of all, they can give you a broad idea of the current way the player a player is currently being valued. If somebody projects that the Jets will pick a player tenth overall, it doesn't necessarily mean that's the player the Jets will pick when they're on the clock. It doesn't necessarily mean that player will be valued tenth overall by the time. The Jets pick by the time we get to the actual NFL draft. The player may have improved his stock or hurt his stock by way, but based on what happens between now and the draft, but it gives you a sense of where things are currently. And, you know, if somebody is picked ninth, you know that there's a decent chance the Jets, at least as things currently stand, it could be a player the Jets consider if somebody's picked 11th or 12th. It could be a player who's in the range where he might make sense for the Jets, at least according to his current value in the NFL. The second way I think mock drafts can be valuable is they kind of lay out scenarios that could happen. So they kind of show you, you know, if this guy goes, these are the players who will be available to you. If there's a run on this position early, this might be my team's plan B. It kind of just lays out for you all the possibilities of what could happen in the NFL draft. So again, I want to look at three mock drafts uh, today. And I also want to take some lessons from what these mock drafts tell us uh, and I think that there's one distinct lesson. There's one distinct thing that these mock drafts say to me as far as the New York Jets go. And that's the Jets need, need to be prepared heading into the draft. And I'll get into what I mean by that going forward. So, the first mock draft I want to look at was from earlier earlier this week. It's Dan Jeremiah, NFL.com. You'll also see him on NFL Network. And he has the Jets picking Oregon State tackle Talisa Fugawa with the 10th overall pick. And this is a guy we've spoken a lot about Fugawa on this show in recent weeks, in part because. Jeremiah has been playing up the idea that the Jets. this is the type of player the Jets like. And Jeremiah worked with Joe Douglas, the Jets' GM, to, in Baltimore together. In fact, when Joe Douglas was first hired in 2019, there were rumors Jeremiah was going to come work in the Jets' front office. That did not play itself out. But if you look at like the last couple of years, the NFL draft, Jeremiah's been pretty clued into the, what the Jets wanted to do. Jeremiah's been pretty clued into the, play, the type of players the Jets like. So, if he's saying Fugawa is a guy who could interest the Jets, it's worth noting. It doesn't necessarily mean the Jets will pick Fugawa, but it means, you know, this is a player who's very possibly going to be the 10th overall pick. So, just to lay it out there, who are the players who were picked before Fugawa in this mock draft? You have Caleb Williams going number one to Chicago, Drake May going number two to uh, Washington. So, back to back quarterbacks one and two, no surprise there. Third is Marvin Harrison Jr the receiver out of Ohio State, he goes to New England. Fourth, Malik Neighbors, the wide receiver out of LSU, goes to Arizona. Fifth, Joe Alt, the, no, the tackle out of Notre Dame, goes to the Chargers. Sixth, the Giants pick a quarterback, Jalen Daniels. Uh, seven, Olu Fashanu, tackle out of Penn State, goes to Tennessee. Eighth, J.J. McCarthy, quarterback out of Michigan, goes to Atlanta. And ninth, Roman Duzay, the receiver out of Washington, goes to Chicago. Now, if you've been listening to the show in recent weeks, you know that I, in my view right now, and things could potentially change uh, between now and the draft. But right now, my educated guess is that the Jets have like a big five players. And these are essentially the top three wide receivers and the top two tackles, at least as far as consensus goes. The top wide receiver is Marvin Harrison Jr., who obviously is gone in this mock draft pretty early. He goes three to New England. The other two wide receivers are Malik Neighbors, who goes to four, goes, from LSU, who goes to Arizona at four. And Also, Roma Duze out of Washington, who goes to Chicago at nine. And then there are two tackles, Joe Alt out of Notre Dame and Olaf Fashanu out of Penn State. And I think that if any of these five players gets to 10, they'll probably be the pick. And if none of them make it to 10, then I think that Fuaga is probably going to be the pick out of Oregon State. And if you've been listening to the show, you know, this is a guy, this is a prospect I, I do like. I think that he's got potential to be a good tackle in this league. I think he's got potential to play on day one, step right into the lineup. There are some who think maybe he's better suited at guard, and if the Jets drafted him, it'd be an interesting discussion because then you'd have two players who could either go tackle or guard between him and Elijah Vera Tucker. So maybe you take him and sort it out then and figure out which guy plays tackle, which which plays guard on your right side. The one thing about Fuaga is that most prognosticators think he's he's purely a right tackle in this league. You know, it, on the left, on the left side at the tackle position, you're protecting, and especially with Aaron Rodgers is 40 coming off a serious injury. You're protecting the blind side. You're blocking a guy Aaron Rodgers can't see. So you got to really be strong in pass protection. Fuaga is better in run blocking. Now you stick him next to Elijah Barrett Tucker and whether it's AVT at tackle or, and Fuaga at guard or vice versa, suddenly you're going to have a right side of the line that can really move people. That can really push people. Brees Hall is going to really like that right side of the line if it happens but i do think it's fair to say that fuaga probably does not project as a left tackle in this league. so i think there's a lesson to be had here. and i don't think it's really a lesson that jets should necessarily should need in mock draft to learn, but it's a reminder because it's, it, this mock draft shows us that this scenario could play itself out where the top 5 guys especially the top 2 tackles go off the board before 10 and the jets end up picking fuaga who could not end up being a very good player, but it's a reminder the jets need to be prepared at left tackle. You know, in free agency, it's not going to be easy to find a guy who can play left tackle. And they may not get a guy who's guaranteed to be a starter at left tackle. You know, they may they may get a guy who can pl- maybe play both spots a little bit. Maybe they're not going to get a premium left tackle. But I think the New York Jets need to go into this NFL draft with somebody who can at least conceivably play left tackle at a passable level. You know, even if it's not a great guy, even if they don't get the premium guy, you know, I guess Tyron Smith is, is the top left tackle who's about to hit free agency. And I'm not a big fan of his. I mean, I'm a big fan of his, but I'm not a big fan of the Jets signing him because he's you know old he's getting older and he's has issues staying on the field. You know, maybe you go like a second-tier guy who at least, you know, you say, All right, we're going into the draft, we're hoping to get a left tackle. But if it doesn't work out, we at least feel like this guy can play passively at the left tackle position. And this is a key for the NFL draft. In the NFL draft, you could never go, you should never go in desperate, absolutely desperate to get a player at a certain spot because. What could happen? You know, if you go into the NFL draft desperate for a left tackle, Alton Fashano could very easily go before 10. These guys both play premium positions. They're both excellent prospects. I mean, it's not a stretch to say that these guys could both go before 10. So the Jets need to be prepared. But I take it a step further. The Jets need to be as prepared as possible. The Jets need, need to be prepared for a run on offensive lineman early. And I'll explain what that means as I continue on this Friday edition of the Locked On Jets podcast, and we'll move on to our next mock draft, which has the Jets picking a different offensive lineman at 10. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around in the next corner? Well, our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class-exclusive Google built-in you your always-updating assistant. Call on almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect midsize crossover for your next adventure. And Nissan's incredible lineup also includes the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. It has room for up to eight an expansive cargo capacity and an advanced available 4x4 capacity. With 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds towing, when adventure calls, the Pathfinder is there to answer. Take the Nissan Rogue, the Nissan Pathfinder, or the Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listener, or first watch every day, and a big shout out to you every dayers. This is a daily podcast covering the New York Jets. We have new we have new episodes each day through the week, Monday through Friday, and then bonus episodes as needed as news breaks. Today we're focused on some recent mock drafts to kind of lay out some scenarios the New York Jets may need to deal with once they're on the clock in a few months with the tenth overall pick. The next mock draft I'm going to go to is from Yahoo Sports, uh, a former Jets beat writer Charles McDonald and Nate Tice combined to put up a mock draft. And this is an interesting one because the Jets go offensive line in this mock, but they go in a different direction than almost any other mock I've seen. And they're taking J.C. Latham, a tackle out of Alabama. Now we'll go through again, we'll go through the players who are picked in this mock draft. This one has Drake May going uh, first to Chicago and Caleb Williams going second to Washington. So that's interesting. Uh, Third, Jalen Daniels goes to New England. So you have quarterbacks one, two, three. Fourth, Marvin Harrison Jr., the wide receiver, goes to Arizona. Fifth, uh, Olo Feshanu, the tackle, goes to the Chargers. Sixth, Joe Alt, the tackle, goes uh, out of Notre Dame, goes to the Giants. Seventh, is Malik Nabors to Tennessee, the wide receiver out of LSU. Eighth, Roma Duze, the tackle, uh, sorry, the receiver out of Washington, goes to Atlanta. And ninth, Brock Bowers, who we talked about yesterday, 10 end out of Georgia, goes to the Chicago Bears. So once again, you see the big five players are gone. You know, the three receivers, Harrison, Odunze, neighbors, and the two tackles, Alt Fashanu. What's interesting is Talisa Fuaga is available here, but this particular mock, McDonald and uh, Tice have the Jets picking J.C. Latham. Now, J.C. Latham is a guy I could see the Jets taking just because he's a Joe Douglas kind of offensive lineman. And I don't mean that as a bad thing. I don't mean that as a good thing. It's a neutral statement. It's just the type of offensive lineman Joe Douglas loves. you know he's six, five six, six. we'll get it, we'll, you know we may get his real measurements this coming week in the in the combine. but it projected to be like 6'5", 6'6", 350, 360 pounds. Joe Douglas loves big athletes who move. If there's one thing we know about Joe Douglas when he drafts. he is focused on traits. you know Joe Douglas's entire philosophy is essentially you can't teach physical tools. You can teach technique, but you can't teach physical tools. Now Latham I think is a guy who whichever team drafts him will need to be taught technique. because so I think he is a little bit undeveloped and I'm not a big fan of the, the idea of the jets drafting him because I don't think the jets have the coaching to develop him. I think if the jets draft an offensive lineman, it's gotta be a plug and play guy because I think we've established that Keith Carter jets, offensive line coach, not that great. You know, not a guy you can really trust to develop an offensive lineman. In fact, If the Jets were to draft Latham, I would almost say, you know, we'll just wait for year two when Keith Carter's out of here, because I just don't think Keith Carter has the ability to develop any sort of offensive lineman in a quality way. Now, could I see the Jets picking Latham over Fashanu? Yes, I could, for the reasons I just laid out. I think Joe Douglas is really focused on traits. Joe Douglas swings for the fences with his draft picks. And as we've seen, there are some good swings and some bad swings with Douglas. But I I think it's plausible the Jets could take Latham. Would he be put into the lineup immediately? I think he would. And I think he's a guy, you know, he struggles with some of the more complex pass rushing moves he sees. You know, in college, there aren't really a lot of pass rushers who have a developed skill set. They don't really have a developed arsenal of moves and counter moves. And Latham kind of struggles to the guys who are more nuanced, who have like a plan B and a plan C. He also is just kind of inconsistent with his technique. I think his hand placement is off at points. I think sometimes he leans and you don't want to lean. You know, when you're an offensive lineman, you want to maintain a center of gravity that's balanced because once you lean, guys in the NFL are strong enough to just throw you around. So I think that there's going to be some work with Latham for any team that drafts him. That's not to say he's necessarily going to be a bad player, but this is not, I'll be honest, this is not a player I love for the Jets again because it goes back to my lack of trust for this offensive coaching staff, especially on the offensive line. You know, Keith Carter is pretty well noted for not being that great of an offensive line coach. So I'm trying to take a lesson from each mock we're going through today. And the first segment we talked about a mock that had the Jets picking Talisa Fuaga tackle out of Oregon State. And my lesson for that is be prepared. you know make sure you have a guy you you could at least throw out there who could be credible at left tackle entering the draft because Fuaga might be the choice there. you know if the top left tackles might be gone. and while you you know you may not have, a guy you love at left tackle, you need somebody who can play passively there because you can't go into the draft absolutely needing a left tackle without a plan B. I think the Latham scenario says you need to be even more prepared because while I think there's a chance the Jets, I think there's a pretty good chance of the Jets draft Latham at 10, they're going to put him out there as a the starting lineup year one. I'm not sure that's necessarily the best thing for him. And I think that you need to enter the NFL draft in it, with a mindset that, you know, we're going to focus on the offensive line, but we're not going to force it. Because there are also scenarios where, like, even if the Jets love Fuaga, there's scenarios he's gone before 10. There's a scenario where the top three tackles are gone before 10. And then, you're, you know, and then you're talking about maybe taking the fourth tackle at 10th overall. And there's a question, is that a reach? Is that the guy who really adds the most to your football team? Now, this is going to be easier said than done because the Jets have a dearth of cap space this offseason. And offensive line's a spot. Everybody's looking for help. You know, I keep seeing people say, well, the Jets will fix their offensive line this offseason. Well, I certainly hope they will. But everybody's trying to do the same thing. And there aren't many quality linemen available in free agency. That's why the draft is so important when we're talking about building the offensive line. And unfortunately for the Jets, it just hasn't worked out in the Joe Douglas era. But the Jets need to figure out a way to head to the NFL draft where their offensive line is not in a desperate shape. Because in this scenario, now this didn't exactly play out this way in the draft. Fuaga was actually still available when the Jets picked in this particular mock. But if the Jets get themselves into a scenario in the NFL draft where the top three tackles are gone, they're sitting at 10. And they can't trade down. You know, it's different if you could trade down and get Latham. It's different. You know, it, it's different if you could move down, it, it, add a couple extra picks, and you know maybe you draft another lineman in the second round. That's a different scenario. But if you're sitting there at ten, you absolutely cannot be in a scenario where you where you say I have to pick a guy at this position no matter what. You could be leaning towards toward a certain position. We know the Jets will certainly be leaning towards either offensive line or wide receiver. But you can't put yourself in a situation where you have to draft a tackle because that's where you make a mistake. And I think you know, Latham at ten. I'm not saying it can't work out, but it would be very risky. And it's the type of move that frequently does result in the team making a mistake. Now, enough of this bad stuff. As we continue here on this Friday edition of Locked On Jets, we're going to turn to maybe my favorite mock draft from what I've seen. Because it has the Jets getting one of the players they really dream about getting. And I'll tell you who that is. And I'll tell you how they get him as we continue on this Friday edition of Locked On Jets. This next segment is brought to us by our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes we need the opportunity to get something off our chest. Big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. And it's important to let that out, especially to somebody who's unbiased in your life. So today, I want to tell you about how I really feel about something. And you're probably thinking the same thing this week. I certainly hope that 2024 is better than 2023 for the Jets. 2023 came, entered with such high expectations with the Jets trading for Aaron Rodgers. But obviously, it did not work out. Jets made a lot of bad moves last offseason. Also, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. Hopefully, the Jets do a much better job this offseason. And if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, take a look at BetterHelp. Therapy can be different for everyone. And most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team. It's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com to get 10% off your first months. That's BetterHelp, hel com slash locked on. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Friday. We're looking through three mock drafts, seeing who the Jets are projected to take in each of them, and partially because it helps us lay out some scenarios the Jets may deal with in the offseason, and it'll teach them some potential lessons in how they go about free agency. Now, the final mock draft I want to uh, give you today is from CBS Sports. It was done by Chris Trapasso, and this is the best of the three mock drafts, at least as far as the Jets go. So it has the Jets picking Penn State tackle Olu Fashanu. With the 10th overall pick. So, again, I'll give you the top nine players. Number one, Caleb Williams to the Bears. Number two, Jalen Daniels to Washington. Three, Marvin Harrison Jr. goes to New England. Four, Dallas Turner goes to Arizona. Five, Brock Bowers goes to the Chargers. Six, Drake May goes to the Giants. Seven, Joe Alt goes to the Titans. Eight, Malik Nabors goes to the Falcons. Nine, Roma Duze goes to the Bears. And 10, Olu Fashanu goes to the Jets. And this is a scenario which, which I'd call like a run-the-card-up scenario for the Jets because, again, there's the big five players. There's Alt. There's Fashanu. There's Neighbors. There's Harrison. There's Odunze. Not necessarily in that order. I think Harrison would probably be number one of all those guys. But if four of those five guys are gone and one of the five is available, the decision, I think, will become much, much easier for the New York Jets. I think that they'll be able to make a clear choice because that's like the top tier for the New York Jets as far as I can tell. I mean, I don't think they're interested in a quarterback. Should they be? You know, that's a, that's another debate. But I think it's pretty clear that of the, they're, they're going to look to get either one of the big three receivers or one of the big two tackles. Well, is a guy who really projects to be an excellent tackle in this league. He projects as a pure plug-and-play guy. You know, I don't want use to the, use the words to the Brickishaw Ferguson because those are very lofty expectations to me. But when you're picking a guy in the, top, in the top 10, you're hoping for something like that. You know, even though the Bricashaw Ferguson was not a superstar – he was a guy who stabilized the left tackle position for the Jets for a decade. And that's the type of thing Olufoshanu could do. And he might even be a little bit better, you know, potentially than Brick. I don't – again, that that feels very weird to say. Maybe I should lower my expectations a little bit because very lofty goals. But Fashanu is going to, like, step in and he'll probably do a great job for for whatever team he plays for. You know, like, kind of like the opposite of what I said with Latham. I don't think Fashanu needs a whole lot – has a whole lot he needs to work on. I think he'll step in, step in and do a an credible job day one, which certainly would be a need for the Jets with a 40-year-old quarterback coming off a serious foot injury whose mobility is probably not going to be that great. You just want to protect Aaron Rodgers. If the Jets keep Aaron Rodgers upright, if the Jets keep pressure away from Aaron Rodgers, the 2024 season could be a successful one for them. If they can't, it's gonna be much more difficult for this team to have success. So what's the lesson from this one? I think it's simple is that you know you plan for the worst, but you hope for the best. You know, you've know you got to sign – and this is going to be – again, it's going to be a big challenge because signing competent offensive linemen is easier said than done. And I feel like when we're talking about the offensive linemen who are available in the, in the offseason for the Jets, about to hit free agency, there aren't a lot of guys who like are real standouts. And of the guys who have been stars in the past, like Tyron Smith or Mr. B, David Bakhtiari, these are guys who have trouble staying on the field. And that's natural. The great offensive linemen in this league – typically do not hit the open market because there is a lack of quality offensive linemen in this league. So anybody good gets locked up by their current team. So essentially what you have to do is you either have to sign guys who are at the tail end of their careers, or you just try to squeeze another year or two out of them like Doc or Smith, which I think would be a bad idea. Or you just try and find value somewhere else. You try and find maybe a lineman that whose current team doesn't value him that much. And you try and figure out guys who will work well with players on your team. You try and figure out what styles of players will work well with Elijah Vera Tucker and Joe Tipman. Because on the offensive line, sometimes the hole is greater than the sum of the parts. The offensive line is a unit where it's not just about your raw talent. It's about how well the pieces work together. It's about how effective these guys are in tandem. So I think, what, I, I think like the Jets... This offseason, like these three mocks have kind of laid out my theory behind what the Jets should do on the offensive line. It's maybe bring in a couple of like mid-tier guys, guys who could play credibly, guys who at least will be better than you know the likes of Xavier Newman or Max Mitchell or Carter Warren. Guys who are a little bit more proven than that. Guys who will be upgrades over what you had a year ago. Somebody who could play better than Mekhi Becton or Dwayne Brown in his current state. Maybe not Dwayne Brown in his prime, but play better than Dwayne Brown in his current state. Bring in a bunch of them. They should be less expensive than the big names and find guys you think will work well with work well in tandem with the linemen you have who are keepers like ABT and Tipman. and then if things work out in the draft then you could add a blue chipper like Fashanu, and suddenly your offensive line is looking pretty good and suddenly we can start to get maybe a little excited about the way the offense is going to look with where behind Aaron Rodgers in 2024 Yeah, and all of this is easier said than done sometimes things work out though maybe things will shine brightly on the Jets maybe they'll get a guy like Fashanu or all somebody they can plug right in at the left tackle position and not have to worry about for years and know that Aaron Rodgers' blind side is going to be protected. That's certainly what we can hope for. But that's all for today's episode. This has been the Lockdown Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoyed the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you enjoy the show and are listening on the podcast source, give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube and enjoy the show, give this episode a big thumbs up. It helps us out, helps other Jets fans find the podcast. Hope you have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back on Monday to talk more Jets.